Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, I'm Sandy Toxvig and this is We Will Get Past This, where I welcome you into my calm room of books so I can share tales from history of various deeds. Some brave, some baffling, others downright idiotic, in a bid to comfort the soul in this challenging time we find ourselves in. Some of these were recorded with specific dates in mind, but as we've all come to realise, none of that kind of thing really matters. My diary's wide open. There are no rules about when something can be enjoyed, so take a moment to relax and remember this. We will get past this. Hello there, welcome to my podcast, a sentence I never thought would come out of my mouth. I'm delighted you're here. Let me give you a thumbs up for approval. You remember your history from the fights of the Roman gladiator, right? Except if you watch QI, you'll know that's not right and probably not what they meant by it. Now then, podcasts. I am a newcomer and it's possible I have a distorted and indeed prejudiced view of what happens. It's a bit like my presumption that the world of internet video might simply be a place where mostly people are filmed playing with putty or sniggering at the size of exotic animals' genitalia. But I have discovered all manner of wonders, and it's the same with these pieces of vocal virtuosity. We have long been entranced by the recorded voice. Uh, it was today, April the 9th in 1860, that the French bookseller and inventor Edouard Léon Scott de Martinville, he made the oldest known recording of an audible human voice on his phonautograph machine. And you can both see and hear the machine on YouTube, which is marvellous. So it's a clip which I know well, as we dealt with it on QI. Now, this ancient recording consists of a 10-second Snatch. Can you still say snatch? I think so. Of probably Edouard Léon himself singing Au Claire de la Lune. Uh, his machine was designed simply to record and not play it back, which seems pointless. Uh, but a few years ago, someone worked out how to hear the ancient scratchings for the very first time in 150 years. What's hilarious about this clip is that five people have decided to give it the thumbs down, which I think is the YouTube instant vote for disliking something. I don't know what there is to dislike about it. It's just a piece of history. It's 10 seconds. No one was proposing the recording for the hit parade. Who has the time to find they really hated it? 361 people have given it a thumbs up. Why would you judge it at all? So being judgmental is terribly popular these days, although I suppose it was ever thus. It was today in 1926 that a performer called Zip the Pinhead passed away. Zip was 69 and described as an American freak show entertainer. His real name was William Johnson, and he was born into an Afro-American family in the state of New Jersey. It hurts even to read that his parents were former slaves. 
Uh, William's body grew normally, but his head did not. It was small and tapered. Uh, the correct name for the condition is microcephalic, which is Latin for small-headedness. But not everyone was kind, and they called him Pinhead. So his unusual look caught the attention of circus agents, and William Henry's parents began accepting money to let him be displayed in a cage advertised as the missing link between humans and apes and declaring that he had been caught in Africa. Now, this was not enough of an extravaganza for the legendary showman P.T. Barnum. He hired William, put him in a furry suit, shaved his head to look even more pointed, and named him Zip the Pinhead, a wild man who ate raw food and had to be trained to deal with cake. Zip had a career spanning nearly 70 years and probably entertained about 100 million people. But it's not nice how people viewed him. And his story reminded me of a book I have. It's called Julia Pastrana, uh, The Tragic Story of the Victorian Ape Woman. Here is an extraordinary life which really ought to be a movie. So Julia was born in 1834. She also had a genetic medical condition. Hers was called hypertrichosis terminalis, which that just means excessive body hair. And I mean really excessive, uh, because less kindly, it's also known as werewolf syndrome. She was covered in straight black hair, including her face. I have to say, and I don't often say this, I'm not sure about this book, it seems uh, slightly fanciful. Uh, it talks about Julia being born in Mexico as a mild, wet wind blew up from the sea. Honestly, I don't. Anybody knows that. Uh, what we do know is that Julia's mother seems to have been horrified by the child she produced. Covered in thick hair, the baby also had huge lips and what the authors call a protruding muzzle, uh, which is the nose and mouth and not something you usually say about a human being. So the local governor heard about her and when she was still very young, he sent for her to come and live in his household as, I don't know, some kind of curiosity. And here at least she learned to read and write. She grew up uh, to be four and a half feet tall with broad shoulders, although otherwise uh, well proportioned. Her face was wide with a full beard. Uh, but the important thing is she seems to have been bright and fun. She spoke English and Spanish. She loved to sing and dance. Then something happened. Who knows what? Uh, but age 20, she left the house where she had grown up. Now, according to this book, she met a Mr. Rates, an American showman, who promised her she would be a sensation in the United States. So that's where she headed. In December 1854, she opened in a spectacular show on Broadway, billed as the marvellous hybrid or bear woman. She was a sensation. According to the book, uh, the public were won over, and I am quoting here, uh, they said, a fascinatingly ugly woman who sang Spanish folk songs while dancing the Highland Fling. But it wasn't all showbiz. She was examined, prodded, invaded by many men of science, all of whom confirmed that she was part orangutan, part human. It is the most horrible tale of everyone feeling they had a right to judge her. Julia toured the United States as a freak show exhibition before finding herself sold off to another impresario, Theodore Lent, who wanted to use her to conquer Europe. In July 1857, she was advertised in London as Miss Julia Pastrana, the nondescript from the United States and Canada. How awful. And what a lonely life she led. Uh, Lent would not let her go out for a walk. Uh, who would pay to see the nondescript if they could view her for free in the street? More doctors examined her, more invasion, more open revulsion. It was the time of the elephant man, a time when anyone who was other could be placed in the spotlight and gawked at. 
Now, I don't know, perhaps Theodore Lent loved her or perhaps he just wanted more publicity, but eventually he married her. Uh, they travelled Europe where some critics declared she was too horrible to be seen and ought to be hidden forever from public view. She was at times advertised as the baboon lady, the dog-faced woman, the hairy woman, the ape woman. But all the time she showed her intelligence and talent, designing her own marvellous costumes, singing, dancing and interacting with the audience. While she was touring in Moscow, Julia gave birth to a son with features not unlike her own. The boy survived only three days and Julia herself passed away within the week, age 41. Her body and that of the child were preserved with taxidermy and now Lent, ever the devoted husband and father, began exhibiting the bodies throughout Europe instead. It won't surprise you that he eventually died in an insane asylum, but the stuffed bodies were too good not to keep on working for someone. For over a hundred years, Julia and her son continued on tour, including the United States as late as 1972. The following year, they were supposed to be exhibited in Sweden, but there was public objection and the bodies were placed instead for six years in a storage facility uh, from which Julia was stolen in 1979. She ended up at the Oslo Forensic Institute and when the authors of this book found her, she was in a bin bag. It was not until 2013 that Julia was finally returned to her home in Mexico and given a proper burial. Do we give that a thumbs up? No, mainly because in the gladiatorial fights of ancient Rome, thumbs up may well have meant to kill someone by thrusting a sword up into the heart, while thumbs down signified the gladiator should spare his opponent by putting his sword down. It is the reverse of what we think. That's so often the case. I also think Julia had enough judgment in her day without us putting our thumbs up or down. It's a sad story, uh, but I have to say, if you need a laugh, check out Radio 4's Charlotte Green listening to the world's oldest sound recording, which I mentioned at the beginning. It is one of the funniest things I've ever heard, as the normally sensible Charlotte completely loses it and can't stop laughing. I defy you not to laugh along, although, according to YouTube, 37 people disliked that. Seriously? I mean, get a grip. Take care. Be kind because we will get past this. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.